Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, with the cost of living crisis in full swing, next week's budget promises to bring some serious assistance to struggling citizens. But will it go far enough or will it go too far? I'm delighted now to be joined by economist Dan O'Brien. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Bobby. Dan, we're in a strange place at the moment. Um, we seem to be uh, awash in cash with, 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 with income coming in from corporation tax. But then we've got all these other problems like labour shortages, like the cost of living. So, so it's really a really confused landscape economically. Uh, first of all, apologies about that bit of background noise if it came through. Um, yeah, we are in a really strange uh, time at the moment. I have never in 25 years seen uh, the dashboard of economic indicators uh, going as wonky as it is now. You know, you've got positive things and negative things, great labour market, but but people's incomes declining, that sort of thing. So it's really, it is a strange time uh, and governments face really difficult times framing policies when you have so much uh, strange stuff happening. Yeah. And one thing we can be sure of that no matter how strong our local economy is with corporation tax and with FDI money, that if the world economy hits a slump, we're going to be hit too, aren't we? Yeah, look, that's, you know, a very globalised economy like Ireland. We export a huge amount. We depend on inward investment a lot. So if the world economy, if demand in the world economy in Britain, Europe, America falls, uh, that will affect what uh, what we sell to those countries. And it will also affect um, inward investment because particularly it comes from America for, for Ireland mostly. And if the US economy is weak, then US companies are weak and they're less likely to invest in their foreign subsidiaries. Um, when we look then about the two, I suppose, well, two of the major issues, and there are many issues, but the government is really going to want to prevent businesses going bust and, you know, I suppose at an individual level, not having extreme hardship in houses. So how, how can they maybe deal with both those issues? Well, you know, we saw during the pandemic that government intervention to save businesses was just incredibly successful. You know, if you look at insolvency figures, we have a bit of an uptick in insolvency, as, as, as I'm pointing out in, in the uh, analysis tomorrow in the Business Post. Uh, but overall, it's been quite spectacular uh, in Ireland and elsewhere, how effective government intervention has been in saving businesses. You know, I would have thought at the beginning of the pandemic that if you shut down businesses for weeks and they're not getting any revenue, you're going to have a massive increase in bankruptcies. We just haven't seen that. Uh, so, you know, that gives reason to hope that with this energy shock, that if governments can get the policy design right to support businesses, in the short term, hopefully this energy shock will be short term, that it will prevent businesses from going to the wall and we can come through this without, you know, a major shock or without going back to, say, the 70s when policymakers got it wrong and we had a decade of inflation. Okay, and if we talk about the pandemic, you mentioned it there, cost us 30 odd billion in debt. Uh, This accumulation of debt you know, are we not the most indebted on a personal basis? Are we not the most indebted nation in Europe at this stage? Well, on a per person, if, we, if you take all the government debt, about a quarter of a trillion euro now, and if you were to divvy it out per, per person, we, we have one of the highest debt levels in the world. Now, right at the moment, that's looking very fundable. Uh, we're not in trouble uh, as we were, say, after the crash 2008, 2010. Um, but there are risks. You know, when you have a lot of debt, 
if debt markets uh, turn bad or turn ugly, as they can do, um, you know, that puts us at risk. So, we're, we, you know, we're in by no means, you know, there are risks every way we go. If the government doesn't intervene enough, we could have huge bankruptcies, uh, corporate bankruptcies. On the other hand, if it intervenes too much and spends too much, you know, there's a recession, we risk having a government, uh, a problem with government government finances. So it's it's a really, you know, it's a difficult one. I, I, I certainly wouldn't like to be a Mandarin in the Department of Finance <laughs> Trying to trying to frame this and get it right because no, it's so to get it wrong. No, I, I, I and in in tandem with that, what, what about the growth in government expenditure uh, over the last couple of years? Am I right in saying that we're up there as the you know the highest, I suppose, uh, the highest growth in government expenditure uh, on a per capita basis in Europe over the last two years. Yeah, so if we take, if we look at the peer countries, you know, the countries that have been long-standing members of the EU, we have the fastest rate of increase in public expenditure. So the, the amount government spends by widest measure has gone up by more than a fifth. And that's, you know, twice what the average is across uh, similar EU countries. So the government, you know, there's there's a real thing these days now that you could throw money at every problem. One of the reasons for that is because while we've had a very big increase in public spending, we've also had the biggest increase in tax revenues. So right. tax revenues have been flooding in. And I suppose that's given politicians a sense that, hey, all this money's coming in. Uh, people are having difficulties in various ways. Let's throw it out there. Um, as I say, there's a good case for that, for you know, a shock like this energy shock that we've we've had. But again, it needs to be designed carefully so we don't overdo it. We don't create extra inflation by spending too much, and that the government looks after the public. Okay. Sure F- finally, on that matter of inflation, I know it's no longer a, a transitory thing, as as was predicted by many economists. But once our inflation, and I know it might be in double digits. But it, that's and it's never okay. But it's probably okay that it's 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 not out of sync with other countries in Europe. I think back in the eighties, uh, you point out that really we were the only ones with double digit. It's it's a real problem if you're the only country with it. Yeah, and I was one of those people who thought inflation would be trans- transitory. Uh, Bobby, so hands up there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, that's what you know. Something that's mildly reassuring again that our inflation rate is broadly similar to our peers. So it's, you know, as I point out in the piece tomorrow, that back in the 80s, you know, by 1982, we still had 20% inflation, okay? In the middle of 1982, inflation in Ireland was running at 20%. Most countries, you know, Britain, Germany, America, had got it down under 10%. So if you have that big difference in inflation, that's when you become uncompetitive. And as anyone who remembers the 1980s, we became hugely uncompetitive. We had a lost decade. We had mass unemployment, mass emigration. We got it badly wrong in the early 80s by trying to alleviate all the problems with inflation. You can't do that. Now, hopefully, we don't make the same mistake again and we get the policy, uh, we'll get policy right and we'll come through this in a relatively short time. All right. Well, Dan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. That's Dan O'Brien there, economist. Always good to hear his view. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.